Welcome into the Dads in Time Out Sports Podcast. This is your host, Jesse Williams, a.k.a. J. Will. And this is a podcast if you need to take a timeout for sports. We used to have a longer intro, but I kind of just decided to trim it down a little bit. But, you know, this is where, in the words of Kanye, we I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me, except it's the radio, under more pressure, under more scrutiny, acting more stupidly. Just some bars from Kanye off his graduation album, one of his last real projects. Um, so we got a lot of things to get into today. I have not done a podcast in a while. Let me explain. So from May 1st until May 8th, I was actually for six and a half, seven of those days. Actually, on all eight of those days, I was on Army orders. We had what they call a super muta. And all that means is we had eight days of training and they paid us for two days for each day. So it was great. Um, We're training to get ready for a big training event. So there will not be a podcast for sure between July 9th and August 6th. So just be ready. It's going to be very hectic. I'll be in Louisiana training with the military. And so during those eight days, I spent seven of those in the woods. Well, the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth nights, I was in the woods sleeping and really weren't allowed to be on our phones, really focusing on training, but got to talk to several guys. I want to shout out my buddy Jordan Webb uh, and my buddy Devin Cash for sure. There's a guy named Folks. I don't remember his first name. Sorry, bud. We talked a lot about sports. Uh, Sergeant Bivens, we had a lot of disagreements in one particular conversation, but that's the thing. I like to hear different viewpoints. And so, Definitely got to talk some sports with the guys. A lot of the guys in the unit are really excited about the podcast. They've been asking me when I'm going to do it. I have another buddy, Matthew Plants, who used to be in our unit and no longer is, moved back to Florida to support his family. And he asked me about Tebow. So we're going to get into Tebow. We're going to, of course, talk about the NBA. May talk a little NFL with the schedule release, just depending on how this goes. And just so you guys know, I don't ever plan on doing a podcast at a set time just it's kind of based on feel like when I'm ready to do it I do it when I'm inspired a lot of times off stuff that I find ignorant on Twitter but there's also some good stuff on Twitter and there's gems in there that I find that kind of motivate me to do a podcast kind of get the energy back going not that I don't love what I do but I've also got a six-month-old son and he's been a little sick here and there taking care of him working a lot of times I'm in hope so I kind of try to get a podcast in because I'm in the hotel and I'm alone and I've got the tv and I just got done watching the end of Forrest Gump which to my army guys especially I think it was Devin Cash and maybe it was Jordan Webb one of my guys asked me I'm a sergeant so when I say my guys uh, Devin Cash is actually my buddy Dustin Cooper, soldier, but we're in the same squad, so he kind of falls under both of us. And so they were asking me what my favorite movie of all time is, and I actually watched Remember the Titans with my six-month-old. Um, I don't know how much he actually got it. He was a little fussy just because he's six months old and he's not feeling great. And so I forgot about Forrest Gump when we were out there in the woods talking, and Forrest Gump's definitely up there in one of my top favorite movies of all time. There's sports in that because, of course, he plays for the University of Alabama. He's a stud. So keeping with the football theme, okay, so that's why I didn't have a podcast. So my buddy Matthew Plant's shouting you out. When you hear this podcast, just know you made it onto one of my podcasts. He's like, hey, man, he was interested in what I thought about the Tim Tebow situation. So the Tim Tebow situation is that the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, hired Urban Meyer, and then Tebow is get, got a tryout at tight end. They've yet to officially sign him. People on the internet are going crazy, and they're bringing up Kaepernick and stuff like that. So I'm going to address this in multiple facets. First off, Tebow's not coming back as a quarterback Allegedly, right? So he's coming back as a tight end, which I don't know if he's ever played tight end. He never played it in college. He has the body type, but let's face it, he's been out of the league for a very long time. I want to say since 2013, 14, somewhere around there. So he had the run in 2011 with 
that went over the Steelers and then they got destroyed by the Patriots. But you know, he they were one and four when he took over and they ended up going eight and eight. They won a playoff game. Then the next year the Broncos bring in Peyton Manning. Duh, you take Peyton over Tebow. He goes to the Jets. And the Jets situation pretty much seemed to be like this. The general manager and the owner wanted him, and the coach didn't. And for sure, Rex Ryan didn't want him. And and I understand why. Not because Tebow's a bad guy, but because the guy was throwing footballs into the dirt. So what happened was, is Tebow was listed number two on the depth chart behind, I think it was Mark Sanchez. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember exactly who was on the roster. Anyways, one of the quarterbacks went down or got benched, and it was time to play the number two quarterback. Well, instead, they played a different guy who was the third-string quarterback. Or maybe that was when they had Geno Smith. But either, either way, Tebow was number two on the depth chart, and they played the number three guy who wasn't going to be in their immediate future. And so Tebow, for the first time in his career, spoke out and said, listen, if I'm the number two quarterback on the depth chart, play me. If not, then put me at number three on the depth chart. I thought that was completely reasonable. This is why. Tim Tebow has been outspoken about his Christian faith from day one. He had the Bible verses on his sneakers, on the eye paint, which I just rubbed my face like y'all can see that because I'm silly and we're not actually on video. Um, Tebow did what they call Tebowing, which he never coined that. Tim Tebow would just kneel on the sidelines with his fist up to his head. They named it Tebowing, but he was probably generally, gen, genuinely praying. And so we, and then they try to compare that to the protest by Colin Kaepernick. And I'm like, listen, Tebow wasn't protesting anything. He was just doing what he had always done. This wasn't a thing he started to get publicity. He's always been candid about his faith. And so he played at Florida, we know, for Urban Meyer. So Urban Meyer got hired and they have Trevor Lawrence coming in, who's going to be the starting quarterback, I guess, on that week one. He should be. I'm not in that training facility. They still have Gardner Minshew, I think. I don't know if I, I, didn't, I haven't followed it enough, but as far as I know, they still have Gardner Minshew, who I would think would start until uh, Trevor Lawrence is ready to play. So Tebow gets this tryout, and people just go nuts. Now I get it. Tebow's been out of football. He's never been a tight end. They're asking why does this guy get an opportunity where other guys wouldn't, and that's a great question. If you're literally saying that from a genuine place of you think that some other guy has put in the work at tight end and Tebow's taken away an opportunity, I really don't have a problem with that. Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow, from what I understand, when they were at Florida, were going mission trips together. And so they both share a common faith. They both share enormous success at Florida. And also, Tebow's a good dude. Tebow's a guy that is going to come in there and be a mentor to young players. He's going to be a role model. He's going to always do the right things off the field. You don't have to worry about him being a distraction. If he's a distraction, it's because the media makes him a distraction, right? So quickly, let's talk about the Colin Kaepernick comparison. So with Colin Kaepernick, yes, I felt like initially he was dealt a bad blow. Here's the thing. Colin Kaepernick had a chance to opt into his contract at the end in San Francisco. And San Francisco was a mess back then. They went because they fired Harbaugh, and then they went to Jim Tom Sula, and then they went to Chip Kelly. None of those moves worked. If my, yeah, yeah, because they had Harbaugh and they got rid of Harbaugh because he wears on people. Then they tried to hire the Jim Tom Sula dude, and that was a disaster. I think they fired him after one year. And then the Chip Kelly thing just was never able to replicate his success but Colin Kaepernick at that time had started to regress as a quarterback and people will make the argument well Colin Kaepernick's better than a lot of the backup quarterbacks on a roster and my statement would be at that time I think he was then you had the whole national anthem thing which I'm not going to get too much into but here's the thing that happened Colin Kaepernick in the eyes of people in the league well first off Kaepernick didn't want to be a backup he wanted to be a starter Nobody in the league thought he was worthy of being a starter, so they wanted him to be a backup. Well, by the time that he agreed that he wanted to be a backup, this national anthem thing had exploded across the airwaves, exploded across TV, nationally, all the way to the White House. And so the problem is, is that Colin Kaepernick was going to be a backup quarterback if he got signed. Well, the problem is, is there is no other team in the NFL where after a game, 
you, a reporter's going to go into the locker room and be like, you know what, I want to go talk to the backup quarterback. I'm not disputing what Colin Kaepernick did. I'm not saying that he wasn't genuine, but at any other, there's always been a saying that people will put up with your BS or with whatever you have going on. If it's deemed a distraction, they will put up with it as long as you're worth the headache. Mike Tomlin famously was, it was leaked, said, we will put up with Antonio Brown's nonsense until he stops producing. So when Antonio Brown was catching 100 passes and getting 1,800 yards and double-digit touchdowns, all the end zones and all the blow-ups and all the stuff that Pittsburgh kept under wraps for years, they went with it because he was worth the headache. And at some point, they were just like, you know what, we got to trade this guy. Not saying that Colin Kaepernick was a bad guy. Doug Gottlieb talked about this, and I disagree with Doug on a lot of things, but Doug made a good point. Where had we ever heard about leader guy from Colin Kaepernick? And maybe he was and people just didn't report it. But what happened with Kaepernick is his movement became bigger than his career. Then the final straw for me, well, I guess the only straw for me was when the NFL was like, hey, we're going to have this tryout, which they should have done years before then. And then the like an hour before Kaepernick changes the location so nobody would have time. And then he's like, I'm ready to play. And so I don't know the ins and outs of that situation, but that told me it's like, are you really wanting to play football or do you want to be a social activist? And I think you can do both, but it would be like the punter being interviewed after every game, taking away from the job, which is playing football. Do I think if Kaepernick's good enough, he should be on an NFL roster 100%? And that's why I wanted to see the tryout, because what if Kaepernick really was putting in the work, which he said he was, and Kaepernick was good enough to be an NFL starting quarterback or even a backup, then he should be in the league, like protest or not. But the problem is his teams were deciding that. You could say he was blackballed. He probably was. But because the NFL, it always was pro-anthem until it couldn't be pro-anthem anymore. And I'm not here to discuss either of that. I mean, you can. The, the great thing about America, at least it was until people started trying to curb free speech, is that me and you were allowed to disagree. And my biggest thing was I've always said that I deployed and joined the military to fight for the right for people to do things I may not agree with. So whether or not I agree with the national anthem protest or whatever, I think that you legitimately have that right to protest in this country about anything, as long as you do it peacefully, right? And so the Kaepernick comparison made no sense because it's not like Tebow was getting a chance as a quarterback. And the only reason he's getting a chance is because he has a relationship with Urban Meyer, which he built probably over all these years. So he was with him for four years at Florida. And then I'm sure they've continued their personal relationship. I mean, the dudes live three doors down from each other, right? So do I think he's going to work as a tight end? Probably not. Is he maybe not going to make the roster? Is Tebow... And this is another thing I heard is like people telling Tebow to give up his dream, blah, 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 because he went and played baseball. Dude did make it to AAA. He would have played in with the Mets eventually if they were bad because he sells tickets. That's the thing that he does is he sells tickets. You don't think that people are going to show up even more to see Jacksonville, which has a history of being, except for a couple times in their history, a pretty mediocre franchise, right? They were good with Byron Leftwich. They were good with Mark Brunel. And they had that one run with Blake Bortles. And they've always just kind of pop up and they're good, then they stink, right? And of course they stunk last year because they got the number one overall pick, right? And I like the guard I like the Gardner Minshew dude. I really wanted to see him succeed because, you know, with the mustache, he seems like a good dude. He seems to be entertaining. And I'm in this to be entertained. So with Tebow, my thing is listen, me and Timbo uh, Timbo, me and Tim Tebow, Timbo. We should start calling him Timbo, but that's the nickname for Timbaland, the greatest producer of all time in many people's eyes. No disrespect to Dr. Dre, who probably is the greatest producer, right? I, I'm on a tangent, right? But here's the thing. Tim Tebow shares something in common with me, and that's his Christian faith, right? So a lot of people, and, and the thing about Tim Tebow and his Christian faith is it has always been consistent. Like, he hasn't wavered. You don't hear about him saying one thing and doing another. Like, this is like the most consistent dude I've ever been across. So I have no ill will toward Tebow. I just didn't expect it. And listen, I think you should chase your dreams to the day you die. I think that if you think you can play, go play. And either they're going to sign you or they're not. Now, 
I personally have always not wanted Tim Tebow selfishly to play sports because once he got on the SEC network, he is fantastic. Like Colin Coward said, he is fantastic at broadcasting, and I think he is great at it. I think he was maybe not born to do it. I think he was born to share the gospel of Jesus. I think he's best at that. But dude in front of a mic is great. He has great insights. He's able to poke fun at himself. He's able to relate because he played college and NFL football. So if you're mad at Tim Tebow, just ask yourself, are you really mad about someone else not getting an opportunity? Or are you mad because it's Tebow and the kneelings between him and Colin Kaepernick were totally different. And Tim Tebow has never been one to shove his faith in people's faith. But there's a thing about this. You can be stand you can stand up for your faith. You can be honest about your faith and not shove it down people's throat, which I don't think Tebow does. I just think he's unashamed. Uh, as Lecrae would have said back in the day with the 116 song. I'm on his uh, second album, After the Music Drops, he had a song called Unashamed. Really, really good song. And that's part of being a Christian is not being ashamed of your faith. Tim Tebow has lived it out. Now, that's the thing, man. Like Tight end's a tough position to play unless he's going to be one of these non-blocking tight ends. And if so, I think that what they're really going to use him for is for gimmicky stuff. I don't know what Tim Tebow's been doing in his spare time. I don't know if he do can even still play football. I don't know if he can throw a football, catch a football. I know he's an incredible athlete. He hadn't played baseball in forever, and he actually did pretty decent. I think he made like the double-A all-star team. And if you think that's legit or not, whatever. But he did hit some home runs. I mean, that happened. He had a decent batting average, but he wasn't good enough to play in the majors. And he shouldn't have been in the majors, right? Jacksonville is a team that needs to put people into stands. Trevor Lawrence is going to do that. Now, this is the only thing. Tebow has to go in there and know this is not his team. It's Urban Meyer's team, and it better be Trevor Lawrence's team. And I think it will. I think the guys will click. I think Tebow will go to Trevor Lawrence and be like, look, dude, I'm here to support you in any way possible. This is what I'm here for. I'm not here to take your limelight. I'm just here because I want to play football. And Tebow can give him some NFL experience within like being in the NFL, being a professional, all that stuff. So, you know what? I don't care either way, like if Tim Tebow makes a team or not. I don't care if you think that it's a, this is not a Kaepernick thing, right? And God bless Colin Kaepernick and his endeavors and bringing awareness to social justice and all that and what he perceives as brutality by the police in this country i think kaepernick has that right i think he should be commended for be for willing to put his career on the line um and so because i mean the thing was he actually was a lot of people are wrong about this he started kneeling before he lost his job from what i understood i think it was in the preseason i'm not sure but he actually compromised with nate boyer the former special ops military guy that said hey instead of just sitting down why don't you at least take a knee make a statement because never in the history of sports was taking a knee a bad thing until they did it the protest right so y'all y'all can think what you want about the protests and all that stuff that's not the topic but tebow jacksonville it makes sense it makes sense in the locker room i don't know if tebow wants to get into coaching i doubt it because that's a that's a huge commitment i mean tv's one thing playing's another thing but coaching is and i'm not saying that tebow doesn't want to put in the work i'm just saying with his foundations and with his faith and his speaking engagements i think that's where his heart and his ministry actually lies but i mean urban meyer tim tebow of course i don't know why anybody is surprised by this it'd be different if it was like the chicago bears or something right but it's it's a one team situation if he doesn't make it in jacksonville he won't make it anywhere it's not like if you can make it in new york you can make it anywhere if he can't make it in jacksonville then he'll probably end up being like an, an advisor to urban meyer because urban meyer's never coached in the pros so that's my stance on the tim tebow situation take it how you may but listen i mean it is what it is and i think that he has a right to do anybody has a right to go try out for a team you could say it's privilege because he's white and Kaepernick is black but no the privilege is he knows Urban Meyer and the other privilege is that the dude is not a locker room problem not saying that Kaepernick is but Colin Kaepernick always seemed a little aloof and listen I don't know maybe he even if Kaepernick was a great teammate there's no negative publicity unless it's about you know him being outspoken about his faith but it's not like tim tebow's giving sermons 
every time you interview him, he just gives the glory to God and then he talks football. So he does that on the SEC network and he's beloved by the people that know him. So good luck to Colin Kaepernick. Good luck to Tim Tebow. I don't think he'll make that big of a difference. It's just a story that I needed to address. And my bottom line is I don't have a problem with Tim Tebow wanting to play tight end. I just don't think he's going to be a good every down tight end because guys spend their whole lives preparing for this. And Tim Tebow's 32 or he's 33. I don't know how old the dude is. I think he's going to turn 33 this. No, I think he was born in 87. I don't know how old the dude is. He's in his 30s, right? So a little old to be trying to start at a tight end. But hey, let's see what happens. And then we'll transition from this into the NBA. So before we get into the NBA, like what's going on right now, I want to address something about the LeBron and Michael Jordan conversation, because today Kobe Bryant was inducted posthumously into the Hall of Fame, and Jordan showed up to support him, and it was great and all that, and Tim Duncan got into the Hall of Fame, and so all these GOAT lists are really subjective, right? I I think they're, yeah, they're subjective, right? So everyone has an opinion that's based on your criteria. I've always said that why can't I wear Jordans and love LeBron James basketball-wise at the same time? Why does it always have to be this thing where you pull up every single failure from Michael Jordan or LeBron to support your argument? So here's the issue that I have found with the Jordan fans. And it's not every Jordan fan, but it's, It's the narrative that gets played on TV, and this is what it is. So what people do when they they talk about Michael Jordan is they only talk about 1991 to 1998. That's it. So they don't talk about 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90. They don't talk about the two years he was retired, and they don't talk about the two Wizards years in 01 and 02. So here's what that does. It gives people the impression that Michael Jordan never failed. It gives the impression that Michael Jordan was perfect. It gives people the impression because, yes, he was 6-0 in the finals, two different three-peats. And they also act like 1995 against Orlando never happened. Here's the thing. I think that actually builds the legacy of Michael Jordan. So when you pretend and you make excuses like, oh, well, They had to play the Celtics and the bad boy Pistons. And then you, on the other hand, you diminish him when they're like, oh, the the Pistons were old. They weren't old the year before. Oh, the Lakers were beat up. Now, those things can be true. Oh, Jordan didn't have to beat super teams. Oh, well, LeBron left teams. The eras were different, right? So with Michael Jordan, yeah, he was a rookie, but Michael Jordan never missed the playoffs till he went to the Wizards. But they had losing records. Like, if you actually look at Jordan's record his first couple years in the league and look at LeBron's record the first couple years in the league, LeBron missed the playoffs winning 40 games. Jordan made the playoffs winning 30. So the thing about Michael Jordan is is that, yeah, his rookie year, they lose in the playoffs. And then in 85, his second, you know, 86, his second year is when he breaks the ankle. And then he comes back. And then he has the monster series against the Celtics. And then people are like, oh, but in game four or three or whatever it was. I think it was game three because it was three-game series in the first round back then. Jordan only scored 18 points and was like three of 18, and they won when he was only three of 18. But, like, those failures are what fueled Michael Jordan, right? And also, let's not act like the Bulls weren't doing everything in their power over the years to build a team around him. They drafted Scottie Pippen. They drafted Horace Grant. Then you go to the second three-peat. They went and got Dennis Rodman. They got Tony Kukoc out of Europe. Uh, in 92 and waited for him to come over and play. They got Steve Kerr. Like, they built this thing. They got John Sally later in his career, who was an integral part of the Bad Boys Pistons, Pistons teams. They got Ron Harper, right? So they were actually doing things as an organization. So they're like, there's a reason Jordan would have never left. And it's like, yeah, well, he did leave in 98 after winning a title because Phil wasn't going to come back and he was disgusted with Jerry Krause. Okay, good reasons for him to leave the Bulls, but he could have gone and played somewhere else, and he decided not to, which is his God-given right. He retired after the first three-peat. And here's the one that bothers me, is when they act like 95 never happened. But if you were smart, you would use the 95-4-2 loss to Orlando to really accentuate Jordan's greatness, because what was great about that is, remember, after that series, he filmed Space Jam, 
makes them build a basketball court and made it his offseason mission to let that never happen again. What happens the year, the next year? They win 72 games. Why? Because Jordan didn't let people take a game off. Jordan wouldn't let people eat on the plane. Jordan was so driven to success. And so we expect that every other player in the NBA has to be like him or Kobe Bryant, where LeBron has been like, hey, I want to win these titles, but I have other interests off the court, which is fine. LeBron's been to 10 NBA finals. And yes, LeBron has the Dallas Mavericks series. So what did LeBron James do? LeBron James could have never bounced back from that, just like Jordan could have never bounced back from losing to the Pistons those years. He could have never bounced back from Orlando. But both guys, what is Jordan went, I mean, LeBron goes and he talks to Jerry West. And Jerry West was one and nine in the finals, even winning a finals MVP and a loss. He's the logo. People don't understand like how good those Celtics teams that Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor, when they finally got together for a super team late in their careers, had to face. You had all those great Celtic players with Russell and Havlicek and I'm not and Kuzi and just all those guys. I'm not gonna just I, I I don't remember if Bob Pettit played for them. I'm not that old, but I know those Celtics teams were stacked, right? Casey Jones. And so the greatness about sports is overcoming adversity. So let's not act like Jordan didn't have failures. He did, but that's what made him the six-time NBA Finals champion. LeBron was horrible against Dallas in 2011. He comes back and wins two championships. LeBron loses in the finals in 2015. He comes back the next year. He's revitalized. They come down from 3-1. He overcomes adversity. So whether you think Jordan's great, LeBron's great, LeBron, like all these guys came back from adversity. And that's why as we transition into talking about the NBA now is that I'm not a huge fan of Kevin Durant because it seems like when he faces adversity, he just leaves. You could say LeBron left and Cleveland didn't want to face the adversity. Dude played there seven years. And a lot of people don't know this. He tried desperately to get Chris Bosh to come to Cleveland. They That front office got him washed up Shaq. No offense to Shaquille O'Neal, but Shaq was done by the time he got to Cleveland. Okay, they got him Anton Jameson, Delonte West, and Mo Williams. That's who they got with LeBron James. Uh, Carlos Boozer left right after LeBron got in the league. They could not get him players. The Boston Celtics had a big three that LeBron had to overcome when he went to the Heat. People are like, oh, he just ran away and went to the Heat, and then he left the Heat. And it's like, bro, first off, I'm all for player movement. I don't know why in sports, I've said this multiple times on this show, why people think the sports is the only place where you have to be loyal to a bad employer. The Cavaliers... Ever since Dan Gilbert owned them, they, okay, so they were good with Mark Price, Brad Doherty, uh, Larry Nance, Craig Ela, right? They were good, and then they were okay in the mid-90s, and then they were atrocious. That's why they got LeBron, because they were atrocious, and they had the number one overall pick. Then LeBron leaves, and they're still atrocious while he's there. He, he drugged the 2017 to the finals, and they were just beaten by better teams. They were beaten by the Celtics and the Pistons, who both won titles now the Pistons yeah the Pistons won in uh 04 and went in 05 and then the Heat won in 06 that LeBron didn't even play and then in 08 the Celtics won right and so then the Magic go to the finals and lose it like they just they couldn't put a team around him and LeBron was just supposed to stay there and be part of an incompetent organization then he comes back and he does a four-year run Listen, LeBron could have won the title in 2016 and then stayed one more year and left because he did what he said he was going to do. He never wanted to play for Dan Gilbert ever again, but he did want to go home, win a championship, which he did. And then that 2018 or 2017 Cavs team was one of the best offensive teams in the NBA history. It's just, you know, the other team added Kevin Durant and Kyle Korver misses a shot in game three because here's the thing. If Kevin Durant's won NBA championships when there's little, like, Skip's like, he hit the shot in LeBron's face, and, like, they're up 2-0 in both years, right? And they got they swept them the second year because LeBron dragged the 2018 Cavs to the NBA Finals where they had no business being there, right? Kyrie's gone. Kevin Love is pff, washed. And, like, they're just not the same team anymore, and they're, like, almost losing to Indiana and Boston and of course, he does what he does against Toronto in, in the, I think it was a semifinal because he just owned them, right? 
they're like, oh, that's just the East, right? So there's all these narratives. But the bigger point is that LeBron and Jordan both overcame adversity. Whereas Kevin Durant, like he's in Oklahoma City, they're up 3-1. He blows the lead. Then he goes to Oklahoma City where there's basically no adversity. What happens at the first sign of adversity in, a, in, a, in a Golden State? When he gets hurt and then he comes back and then him and Draymond get into it. He runs off to the Nets with Kyrie. So what's going to happen if Brooklyn starts losing and him and Kyrie start like freshing? He's going to like, that's the thing is I haven't seen Kevin Durant come back in a series that really meant something. Maybe in the Western Conference playoffs, one of those Houston years and my phone just went off because I didn't put it on vibrate before the show started, but we're going to fix that real quick. But yeah, so um so so now let's transition into the nba this year so it's almost playoff time uh the playoffs are basic well all the teams that are gonna all the all the 10 teams in each conference have been settled so like there's no team that can play into the playoffs right now so right now oh philadelphia i guess won today so they're they've yeah they did win so in the eastern conference you have philadelphia brooklyn milwaukee uh new york and Atlanta and Miami have all clinched playoff spots. They're all in. They're not going to play in the playing game. So in Boston, or, or so, so it's Boston against Charlotte. At, well, depending on the, tomorrow, right? Because tomorrow is the last day of the regular season. So Boston, Charlotte, Washington, and Indiana, which three of those teams are 33 and 38. So Boston will be the seven play in the eight. Whoever ends up as the eight, because Charlotte, Washington, and Indiana all have a game left. I don't know the tiebreakers, right? And so. In the West, it's Utah-Phoenix, which are battling for the number one seed. So if Utah wins, they're the one seed. Denver can clinch the three seed tomorrow. And then the Clippers are in the four seed. They could go up to the three potentially. Now Dallas has clinched the five or the six, but they can't be the seven. So if Portland wins, they're the six seed. The Lakers will be in the playing game. If the Lakers win and Portland loses, they'll be the six seed. Golden State, Memphis, and San Antonio are all in the play-in game. So there is no dispute of who's going to be in counting the play-in. It's just how this final seeding is going to add up. Um, so Philadelphia, I think that's very important for them to get the one seed unless something happens to this nature to where, like, I don't know, Washington gets the eight seed. Now, I don't think Washington can beat Philadelphia, but – all of a sudden, Washington's that team you don't want to play in the first round of the playoffs. So, Washington, I think, can get to the eight. So, let's say if Washington wins their last game, Charlotte loses their last game, and then Washington beats Boston, which would be hilarious. I'll get to that in a minute. And then you got Brooklyn playing Washington. All right? So, hypothetically, you got if Bradley Beal's healthy, of course, right? What I want to see happen is I want to see the Wizards get the seven seed outright and then play Brooklyn if Brooklyn's the two seed. Why? Because it's Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, and I like drama in my sports. Of course, they're not going to fight or anything, but I just think that would be fascinating. And if Bradley Beal hamstring is better, like, are Kyrie and James Harden, like, going to give up, like, 30 a game to both Westbrook and Bradley Beal? Because that would be nuts. Now, I think Brooklyn's too talented, but the big three, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, just played together, and they scored 105 points. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if they stay healthy, if Kyrie – because see, it's, it's going to be interesting that Kyrie's probably not going to need personal time during the playoffs. He's needed it all season long, but it looks like he's not going to need personal time during the playoffs. Milwaukee's lurking as the three seed. Now, if Milwaukee wins their last game, Brooklyn loses their last game, Milwaukee goes to the two. The Knicks and the Hawks are battling for the four and five with Miami. Now, I don't know how that works. I don't know how the tiebreaker works between them, but it looks like it'll be the Knicks and the Hawks in the first round. I'll take the Knicks to actually win a playoff series. So the biggest thing about the Eastern Conference is who's the favorite. So everyone's going to say Brooklyn Philadelphia is healthy, it looks like, finally. And they've got a lot of experience, right? So let's go through their NBA uh, playoff experience. So they have, uh, so none of their top guys have experience, but they do have Dray, they have, Dramo said Draymond Green. They have Danny Green, who's won a finals, been to the finals with the Spurs. 
the same Danny Green that won a championship in Toronto and the same Danny Green that won a championship even though he bricked a game-winning shot in the fifth game with the Lakers. Then you have Dwight Howard, who took a team to the NBA Finals and with Orlando and then won an NBA championship with the Lakers last year. And then you have a bunch of dudes besides that. So let's go. But now, now you can say the same thing about Brooklyn because Brooklyn has KD and Kyrie with championship pedigree. But that's really the only team, only two players, because their coach sure don't. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm trying to switch to the Nets roster. So yeah, Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Irving, and uh, Jeff Green was on those cast teams that were in the finals. And nobody else, right? Unless it's some dude that's buried in a bench who's not going to play. So it's going to be very interesting to see. The Eastern Conference playoffs are actually going to be, to me, more interesting in some ways in the West. And I'll say this, why? Because I legitimately think that there are three teams that can come out of the East. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. You say Milwaukee. I think with the... What I think about Milwaukee, I think Drew Holiday is going to actually show dividends in the playoffs where Chris Middleton doesn't always have to be the one option when they gang up on Giannis. So I think Milwaukee with Bobby Portis playing a lot better. I think that the the, the teams in the East who I thought were going to be contenders are not going to be contenders, right? And that's going to be Miami and Boston. Miami just can't consistently get it together now. With Jimmy Butler there, if they're healthy, and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson make shots, I and, and this is to my buddy Jordan Webb. You're going to hate me for saying this, but unless they can consistently get their act together, Oladipo's out for the year. I don't know how much better Oladipo made them just based on fit, not talent. Not saying Oladipo wasn't a very talented player. I can't talk today, which is crazy because it's what you do on radio as you talk or podcasting because I'm not on the radio. Um, Oladipo is very talented, but I don't know how he fit with that team. We'll see if Iguodala is completely washed because you know they're going to try to give him playoff minutes to, you know, with that veteran leadership. I, I expect Jimmy Butler to be Jimmy Butler, but it's just been so inconsistent. Like, Jimmy Butler's their number one, but Bam Adebayo is probably the most talented player. And then you have Duncan Robinson and Hero, who, and then Goran Dragic. So you have a lot of options. But in the playoffs, I think you need guys to be solidified in their role, not like, oh, you're good this game, oh, you're good this game. You need one or two of those guys off the bench that can give you a spark. And they do play Tyler Hero off the bench. So they're still dangerous, but I don't expect them to make a lot of noise. Now, if they're the sixth seed and they play Milwaukee, I think that's a horrible matchup for Milwaukee because you don't want to see them in the first round. Boston now doesn't have uh, Jason, no, Jalen Brown. I always get their first names mixed up with the last names. I almost called them uh, Jalen Tatum. Um, Jalen Brown had surgery on his wrist, I think, so he's out for the year. This team... I don't think they're going to even get into the actual playoffs. I think they're going to lose. If Washington makes the eight seed and has to play the seven seed in Boston, Boston's not making the playoffs. And that becomes a question of what do you do in the offseason? I don't think you fire Brad Stevens yet, but you got to make some changes on that roster. And shout out to the Noontime Sports guys. Or they're just called Noontime Sports. I listened to your show on uh, the NBA play-in play game. Y'all do a fantastic job. I really love y'all's work. And there seem to be a lot of Celtics fans on there, or guys that were just really passionate about this Celtics team. Some of them think you should get rid of Marcus Smart. I see what you're saying there. We're going to have an NBA offseason podcast at some point when it's actually the offseason. Speaking of the offseason, shout-out to J. Cole, album of the year. I don't care what Drake drops unless Drake drops his best album ever. But back to the NBA I think Boston's toast. Charlotte's nice that they're in the playoffs. LaMelo came back, but I don't think they're going to do anything. Indiana is that team that they're going to have to basically win two games, I think, to even get into the playoffs just to get dusted by the Sixers. And so I only think Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee have any kind of chance to come out of the East. And it's going to be interesting because let's just do a hypothetical scenario of the eight teams that get in. So Philadelphia, in my scenario, would play Washington. Actually, Philadelphia will end up playing Charlotte. Because what, what? No, we'll say Boston. I think Boston will make it. I don't think Boston will lose two in a row. So here's what will happen. Philadelphia will end up playing Boston, who will be the eight seeds. I think Boston will lose to Washington and then beat either Indiana or Charlotte. And then Washington will be the seventh seed, and they'll play Brooklyn. 
Milwaukee will be the third seed and play Miami, and then New York will play Atlanta. So Philadelphia will have a five. They're going to win that series four games to one against Boston. That's just what's going to happen. They'll they'll cough up a game because they're the Sixers, and they should sweep them so they won't. But they're just too good. Boston, without Jalen Brown, I don't think has a shot. But Tatum will win them a game. Tatum will go off for like 40 for some reason. And then Joel Embiid will have like 38 and 13 in the clincher. Uh, Danny Green will hit four threes. And Doc Rivers will beat uh, his old team in Boston. And that'll be that. So Brooklyn will play Washington. I Washington will get at least a game, maybe two, if Beal's there. R- Russell Westbrook's going to shoot a billion shots to prove that he's better than Kevin Durant. But it'll be an interesting series that Brooklyn will win. Milwaukee will play Miami, and this will be the toughest series. It's going to go six, but Milwaukee's just going to be the more consistent team. Bam's not going to be able to keep uh, Giannis at bay forever. And then New York's going to beat Atlanta. So then we'll have New York and Philadelphia. Philadelphia's going to wax them in five. Brooklyn will play Brooklyn will play Milwaukee, and that's a series that I don't even want to predict, but the net I think I think it I think that if Milwaukee and the Nets play in the second round, this is the most dangerous path for the Brooklyn Nets. Because I don't think they match up well defensively against Philadelphia or Milwaukee. But I'm gonna hold off on there because that's kind of what I think about there. But I think I think it'll be Brooklyn, Philadelphia, but I will not be shocked if it's Philadelphia and Milwaukee. And people are like, oh my gosh. And then the Lakers come out of the West and they'll have to play the Clippers or the Nets. And they'll be like, oh, well, they just dodged the best teams. Like, you can only play who's in front of you. So let's move quickly to the Western Conference. I know this is kind of rambling, but this is just kind of what I do. So right now, I'm just gonna pretend that Utah is gonna be the number one seed. Phoenix will be the number two. Denver will be the three. The Clippers will be four. Dallas will be five. We'll even say Portland will be six for this scenario. No, 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 no. Because if Denver, Denver has to win, I think, because I think the Clippers will win their last game. So the Lakers will be the six. And then Portland will be the seven. Golden State will be the eight. Memphis the nine. And San Antonio the ten. So Memphis is going to beat San Antonio. And then Golden State's going to play Portland. And... Golden State's going to win. So Golden State is going to be the seven. But Portland is going to come back and they're going to beat Memphis and they're going to make the playoffs. So it's going to be Utah against Portland. And let me tell you, without Donovan Mitchell, this is my... If Portland gets the eight seed and plays Utah, I'm going to predict Portland's going to win that series. They're healthy. They have Yurkic. They have Dame. They have CJ. They have Carmelo. They can't guard anybody. But guess what? Utah without Donovan Mitchell. Now if Donovan Mitchell plays totally different series, I pick Utah. But I just I don't I just don't see Utah hitting 16 threes a game in the playoffs. So now if Utah plays Golden State in the first round, then Golden State Golden State will get waxed, but Steph will have his games and they'll win a game. Phoenix then will play Golden State. And Golden State's gonna win at least one game. Steph Curry is too good for them to get swept, but Phoenix is gonna win out. Denver's going to play the Lakers in the first round, and they are going to wax them because they're just going to put Drummond and because no Jamal Murray. So basically, they're going to say, we're going to double up on Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. have a field day because he doesn't facilitate. They're going to let Michael Porter Jr. shoot them out of that series. No offense to Michael Porter Jr., but that's what I see happening. Uh, The Clippers and the Mavericks, the Clippers are going to beat the Mavericks in five. They're going to want revenge. I think this is the series where... Paul George and Kawhi Leonard absolutely played the best basketball we've ever seen them play before. I think they're going to wax the Mavericks. And then people are going to be like, and the Mavericks fans are going to go nuts. And they're going to be like, oh my gosh, Porzingis, who they've been touting all year. As long as he's healthy, they're beating them and maybe they'll get the six. And I could be wrong. Luka and them have been playing very well lately. But I think the Clippers, if they play the Mavericks in the first round, they're going to wax them. So that'll take us to the second round where we'll have Phoenix and L.A. And then Portland and the Clippers. And I don't know what to do with those series. I will say that I'm going to pick the Lakers to beat Phoenix once again because they have wings that can at least hold Booker at bay. And... The Suns don't have enough dynamic offensive weapons. They have one of the greatest point guards of all time in Chris Paul. They have Devin Booker, who's phenomenal. 
Aiton is still a year or two away, in my opinion. And once again, they'll just be like Drummond and AD, go shut him down and uh, make Devin Booker beat us. Schroeder is going to be all up at Chris Paul's grill. Suns will be a great story. Win a playoff series, get to the second round. Chris Paul comes back next year. I think they add another shooter, and I think Phoenix is a legit contender. And I really, like Utah with Donovan Mitchell, this would have been totally different. So then you get the Clippers and Portland in the second round. I want to pick Portland so bad, but I think what's going to happen is I think the Clippers are going to get, Ty Lue is going to be that steadying factor with his championship pedigree. No offense to Doc Rivers. I think his voice just got stale there. And I think that we're going to have a Lakers-Clippers Western Conference Finals. Now, this all depends on health, of course. But I would not be surprised if Portland beat the Clippers. And I'll and I'll tell you why. Well, I don't think it'll happen because the Clippers have Paul George. And, and I, know, I know Paul George playoff P in the playoffs has been atrocious. But unlike the Nuggets last year... There's nobody on the roster of Portland that defensively matches up with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. So this is all about matchups. So unless Portland gets the two seed and avoids all that, so they so, so if Portland gets the, the two if Port I'm sorry, if Portland gets the seven seed or the six seed, then they don't have to play the Clippers to the conference finals. But then they'll get waxed by the Lakers if the Lake you know, however that works out. If Portland gets a six and the Lakers get the seven, and then Portland beats Denver, which I can see happening because of injury. Then Portland plays L.A. and they get schwacked again by the Lakers because the Lakers have guys that play real defense. Now, Portland is the most scary offensive team to me in the Western Conference. And so I'm not going to pick the, the champions, but here's my thing. I think that only the Clippers, and I and I hope I'm wrong because I really, really like the Suns. And I, and I like Utah because they don't have super-duper stars, but they play as a team. And Jordan Clarkson can light you up. I just haven't seen it in a playoff setting. So the teams that I think can reach the finals are Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's an eh. And then for me, it's the Clippers and the Lakers. Because... And that's, that's if the Lakers are healthy and the Lakers aren't BSing out here, right? So, like, you need LeBron to be 95%. You need AD to stop getting nicked up every game. But, but, like, the NBA is built around having two stars, right? Now, Philadelphia maybe doesn't have two stars, but they have Joel Embiid, who should be the MVP, but I think Jokic will win it. No offense to Jokic. Um, Brooklyn has three stars, and Milwaukee has a super duper star, which, which I mean, okay, to be clear, Kevin Durant is a super duper star, and James Harden is most of the time a super duper star, and Kyrie's super duper talented. But Giannis is the defending two time MVP, and they have Middleton, and they just have a good team around him. So if they can just find a way to not let, because basically the only way they've beaten the Bucks in the playoffs is wall off Giannis and like no one else can beat them. This might be the series where Chris Middleton combines with Drew Holiday to make that uh, make that not happen, right? So Philadelphia, Boston, Milwaukee, and, and a lot of Philadelphia is going to be, um, they don't have to play Brooklyn and Milwaukee. They only have to beat one of them and they won't see either one of them till the conference finals. So Philadelphia can beat Washington and Atlanta or New York or Charlotte, or any of those teams. So they have the easier path. That's why I say the Clippers, not the Clippers, the Sixers might get to the NBA Finals just by attrition. Because if you're Brooklyn, and you have to, and now don't get me wrong, the Knicks are going to beat up on the Sixers, but the Sixers are built to take it because they have guys that can bang down low and Dwight Howard and Joel Embiid, right? So they have big bodies to do that. And then they have Tobias Harris, who's one of the most underrated players in the NBA Maybe in NBA history, like, and that, that's a saying. I'm not going to say that, but Tobias Harris is so underrated. And with him and Danny Green and Ben Simmons, like, that's just a very interesting team. The Eastern Conference is fascinating. I don't think Atlanta has a chance to do anything, but Atlanta and New York is going to be a fun series. Now, Phoenix, if, Phoenix, if Devin Booker and Chris Paul get hot, then I just think that th their lack of other weapons, I know they have one of the Bridges dudes. I think it's Michael. I never remember what that other bridge's name is. So I'm going to look him up. I want to say it's Michael. I'm always right. Yeah, Michael. So Michael plays for uh so Michael plays for the for the Suns and then Miles I think plays for the Hornets or somebody. I don't remember. Anyways, so 
it's just very interesting, this whole playoff scenario. Now, I'm going to deep dive into the play-in game real quick, and then we'll probably call it a day. So, some people, like the noontime sports guys, love the play-in, and some guys hate it. I thought the play-in or the bubble tournament made sense because that teams didn't all play the same amount of games. So, they made it so, like, hey, like, you didn't play as many games as the team ahead of you, but you shouldn't be penalized because of that because the season got shut down because of a worldwide pandemic with the coronavirus. This year, I initially thought, hey, it makes sense in case the same scenario happens where a bunch of games get canceled due to COVID. They're not able to make them up. But going down this list, it looks like everyone's going to play 72 games. And so my thing is that we always had the top. First off, we, we did this whole thing where we went from maybe we should just reseed the whole thing based on conference because the West is so much better than the East. And the West still is better record-wise than the East. And superpower star, but then you got to think James Harden and Kevin Durant are now both in the East. Jimmy Butler's in the East. Giannis is in the East. Julius Randle's a legitimate all-star. Tatum and Brown are in the East. Joel Embiid is in the East. Ben Simmons is in the East. You got LaMelo Ball in the East. You got Zach Levine in the East. So yeah. Now, Utah has Donovan Mitchell, who's not considered a top 10 or 15 player in the league yet. The Suns have Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Now, the Clippers have Kawhi and PG, Dallas has Luka, Portland has Dame, the Lakers have AD and LeBron, and then Steph and Golden State. And then Zion, who's not even in the playoffs. So, really, the superstars are kind of a lot more evenly matched than when they were all in the West. I wonder why they all left the West. I don't know. Maybe because a guy named LeBron James went there. Because before, everyone was leaving the East because they're like, we can't get to the finals because this LeBron dude, yeah, they had a super team. It's like that Cleveland team never won 60 games. Look it up. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the Cavs, the four years LeBron was there, never won 60 games. And half the time, they they weren't even the number one seed most of the time. Like, they weren't the number one seed in 18, and they weren't the number one seed in 15, because that was the Hawks, and they obliterated the Hawks, right? They had LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love, but nobody else had a LeBron. And so, with for me, with the play-in is I think it punishes teams, that, especially in the West, right? So you're in the West, and the Lakers are 41 and 30, and Golden State's 38 and 33, and then they could possibly lose and then have to play San Antonio, who's 33 and 38. Like I don't understand the point of the play-in except for you know ratings, right? Because you got Boston, who's 36 and 35 at the seven, and then of course the 33 and 38, 33 and 38, 33 and eight is Charlotte, Washington, and Indiana. But my thing is, what was wrong? Like 16 teams out of 30 made the playoffs as it was, right? So that's, and I know what, and I know why they did it, Noontime Sports. I know why. I mean, you said it. You guys were, were on the ball with what you said, tanking. They wanted to make it less incentive for teams to tank, so they also lowered the draft odds. And, and, and listen, I don't have a problem with the play in game, but you think the NBA really wants the Lakers to be the seven and then not be in the playoffs? Like, I mean, I'm a LeBron fan, so of course I want the Lakers in there, but it's not going to break my heart. It just means there's not another finals for LeBron to lose or win. And people will be like, oh, we had two years without LeBron in the finals. And then just look at the ratings. Like, listen, I would love to see Utah and Milwaukee in the NBA finals. Or I would really love to see Phoenix and Philadelphia in the NBA finals. And teams are going to be like, oh, but it's not a New York or LA team. Who cares? Like, I just want I just want the playoffs to be good. And so I, I'm so tired of seeing Indiana. And if you're an Indiana Pacers fan and you're mad, I don't really care. Y'all stay losing in the playoffs. And I'm not talking about, like, the Pacers with, like, Reggie Miller. I'm not talking about the Pacers with Paul George. I'm talking about the Pacers that, like, somehow win 48 games every year and then get swept in the first round of the playoffs. And y'all can say, oh, that was Nate McMillan. Look, look, Nate McMillan has been a boss with the Hawks. Like, I just, I don't like to see mediocre in the playoffs. And I know you're going to see that at the bottom of the conferences, but those teams get schwacked in the first round. The only reason Washington has any kind of chance is because they got rid of, they got Russell Westbrook because he wanted out of Houston. So you're like, oh, now you got Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, but you don't have like nobody else that's really good on that team. You might be a diehard Wizards friend and be like, what about Davis Bertans, who's been really bad this year? Like, come on, dude. Y'all don't have any other really good players. Like, really good players. In fact, we'll look it up since I know people are going to come for me. They have 
Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook. I don't care about PER. Okay, so Thomas Bryant is averaging 14.3. That Hachimura guy, whose name I could never pronounce, 13.8. Bertans is averaging like 11. And then my boy Daniel Gaffer from the University of Arkansas. Like, I... I, I want to see the Wizards because they have Westbrook and Beal, but like they can't win the championship. Like they're not, it's not going to happen, right? So, in fact, let's just go through it and tell you the teams that aren't going to win the championship the Knicks, the Hawks, Miami, Boston, Charlotte, Washington, Indiana. That's seven teams from that one conference. Teams that absolutely cannot win the championship in the West Dallas, Portland, Golden State, Memphis, San Antonio. Why? Because Portland can't guard anybody. Dallas has one legitimate super-duper star and an unreliable number two because he's always unhealthy and they haven't figured out perfectly how to play together. And they have a bunch of other bench players. Denver, because Jamal Murray's hurt, because Jokic... If you go watch a lot of these Jokic games, he's really, really good in the first quarter. But, like, he plays so much that, like, centers just... And I know Joel Embiid can, but that's because he's surrounded by the right players now. Like, and Joel Embiid shoots... I mean, listen, I just... Joel Embiid's more athletic than Jokic. That's why. And because Denver Denver hit their peak last year, and unless Michael Porter... Now, listen, if Michael Porter Jr. turns into a super-duper star, but without Jamal Murray, that's just a dude that don't guard anybody and don't pass the ball, right? So he's really, really... He's like Carmelo, but Carmelo at least, like, pretended to play defense. Like, Carmelo was a better facilitator than people gave him credit for. He was just so good at the mid-range, and he's perfect in Portland. But Portland can't guard anybody. Golden State has one guy, Steph Curry, who's having an amazing year, but they don't have the pieces to win a championship. Memphis has John Morant and some other good players, Jaron Jackson Jr., who has pretty much been hurt the whole year. Um, San Antonio's got, listen, if DeMar DeRozan is by far your most productive player, he that got proved in Toronto you can't win a championship that way. Not saying DeMar DeRozan is a bad player, but come on. Like, I don't, I don't honestly think Utah can win the championship without Donovan Mitchell. Why? Because what are you going to do when, like, first off, you have Gobert, who's not offensively gifted, and then you have Ingles, and then you have Favors, and you have, what's the other dude's name? Uh, Jordan Clarkson, who can spark off the bench. And then you have the Bogdanovich dude and Mike Conley. But which one of those dudes, you know, it, 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 let's, say you, let's say you're down 3-2 in a series. Which one of those guys is going to carry you? Now, if you had Donovan Mitchell, I'd been like, yeah, yeah, hand up in the mirror, Donovan Mitchell. Like, give me some Donovan Mitchell. Just like the Nuggets last year, who carried them? Jokic was good. He was really good. But Jamal Murray carried them. It's a guard, small forward-driven league. So the Nets, the Nets can win the championship because Kevin Durant can literally drop 35 points three games in a row. If you're down 3-2, let's say you're even down 3-1 you got Kevin Durant, who can go off. You've got James Harden, who can go off. And you got Kyrie, who can legitimately get a bucket almost any time he wants. So as much as I hate that team, and then you got Blake Griffin, who just like gets to be guarded one-on-one because if he's on the court, and then, I, unfortunately, LaMarcus Aldridge isn't there because then I'd really like to see what he could do on that team, even though I don't like the Nets, right? So that's why, like, Phoenix. But Phoenix has a guy in Devin Booker that can legitimately score 70 points can light you up and Chris Paul who has been big in the playoffs people say he hasn't been big in the playoffs no he was on the wrong team in the Clippers and he was hurt in Houston with the wrong guy in James Harden who is not your scoring number one in the playoffs he just falls apart right so yeah there's only a certain amount of teams in the NBA that can win why can the Lakers win because they have LeBron James and like if once the dude stops getting the NBA Finals and winning four out of ten of them, because if he wins this year, he's five and six. So now he's that much closer to being 500. And like one of those in 07, he had no business being in and they lost. And then they had no chance in 2018. We could talk about the other ones, right? So like, and you don't have to have a LeBron to win, but that's why like the Heat could make a run. Why? Because they have Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler proved in his first NBA Finals, like he could be that guy. The problem is, is he ran out of gas. But if the other dudes are do, do what they're supposed to do, then they could win. If the Celtics got to an NBA Finals, I would say, yeah, last year, like if they would have got there, I'd been like, okay, they have a shot. Why? Because they have Jason Tatum. Because we've seen Jason Tatum take over games. That's Utah's problem. You think a team is going to let Jordan Clarkson beat them? Come on, man. Like That's like saying like when Lou Williams is there, they're like the we're not going to let Lou Williams be the reason we lose the finals. 
And that's why the Clippers have a shot, because they do have guys that can take over games. Now, Paul George has to prove it in the NBA Finals and in the playoffs in general, but Kawhi has shown he can do that. Kawhi can go get a mid-range bucket almost any time he wants. So this is what makes the NBA playoffs so fascinating. We're finally here. We have one more day of basketball. And guess what? There's act And that's the good thing about this play-in tournament is we're at the last day of the season. And you see the teams that care about seeding and the teams that don't. Like the Clippers just rested all their dudes. They're like, we don't care. We will, we will be the number four. But here's my question. So I think that the Clippers think the Lakers are going to be in the play-in game and end up as a number seven seed. Why? I think, like, I, here's the thing. I'm not saying the Clippers are doing this, but the Clippers have all but guaranteed themselves, unless the Lakers lose the first game of the play-in and then win, like, they don't have to see the Lakers to the conference finals. Why else would you not, you could say health, right, but like, has Kawhi been hurt this year? Has Paul George been hurt? Has it been more load management? Like, and if, if they are, they've been hurt, they're fine, but... I think that you see the teams that are like, hey, like we don't really care where, and maybe the Clippers just don't care. That could be true. They're just like, hey, we don't care where we're seated. We'll just end up where it is, and we're going to do what's best for our guys. Cool. They could be dodging the Lakers because what happens if the Clippers get the third seed and the Lakers get the sixth seed? Do they want to see the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs? Now, I don't think they're doing that. I think they would love to see the Lakers in the first round because I think they legitimately think they're the better team. And, yeah, they've had the better regular season record, but, I mean, the Lakers won the championship last year. The Clippers blew a 3-1 lead in the first round, in the second round, excuse me. So the play-in does make it to where teams like the Bulls and the Kings and the Hornets and Memphis and San Antonio and New Orleans all kind of, like, didn't blow their rosters up. But in Toronto, did, did, who did Toronto trade? The Toronto traded. Oh, they traded Norman Powell to the uh, to the somebodies. I don't remember who that dude plays for. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, to Portland. Pfft, another dude they, on Portland didn't get buckets. So um, I didn't want to go analysis team by team who I think is going to win. I just kind of randomly threw the conferences at you, who I think can win, who I think can't win. The playoffs are going to be great, um, especially, like, I know I said they're going to be good in the East. I think they're going to be good in the East after the first round i think we're going to be like oh because there's three teams that could come out of the east and i think the the west is going to be intriguing from the jump unless memphis gets there just because they just don't have the firepower and john Morant hasn't been as good this year as he was last year now he's young he can still do it and, and, and on a really quick note how mad is the nba that zion got hurt and they missed the playoffs because they that's two years in a row you don't have zion he's got a long career ahead of him the Hornets need to, I mean, not the Hornets, the Pelicans <laughs> need to figure out what to do with that roster because Zion will get out of there if they don't. And I'm not saying they're doing a terrible job, but the Stan Van thing didn't seem to work this year. They didn't play defense any better. I also think that Luke Walton's going to get fired. I just think that's going to happen. I think Minnesota, they're going to do something there because then they, didn't they like get rid of their head coach, Steven Saunders, and they have an interim so, and Anthony Edwards turned it to be a really good player. So, the rookie of the year conversation, I mean, he should win it. LaMelo got hurt too bad. And Anthony Edwards has turned out to be a really entertaining dude and player in this league. The Rockets and the, the, Rockets and the Thunder, I don't care about them. I don't care about Detroit. I don't care about Orlando. I don't care about Toronto. Cleveland is my favorite team. And I don't know what they're doing. They got lots of weird roster things going on there. And then... Uh, the Bulls will be interesting in the offseason because they have Vucevic and they have Levine. This might be an indictment on Billy Donovan. I know Levine got hurt, but I think Chicago with that team, like they were atrocious after they first got Vucevic. So I'm rambling. So we're going to go ahead and end this podcast by just saying thank you guys. Shout out to the uh, 330 Sports out of Youngstown, Ohio. I hope I said that right. Uh, fourth and 26 pod you guys are awesome drunk sports podcast actually let me just go ahead and just go to my notes and i'm gonna go down the list and i'm gonna shout every single one of y'all out because y'all my peoples and so let me try to find this okay yeah so this this will be their twitter handles so y'all can follow all these people on twitter i'm gonna start doing this every podcast because these my peoples here so at jack vita show follow him at hard hitting pod follow him 
at 330 Sports Show, at Acme, A-C-M-E underscore Army, at Podcast Leisure, at Joe's underscore Talk, at Podcast DTS, at The Point God Podcast, I'm sorry, The Point God Cast, The Point God Cast, exactly how it's spelled, at New Time Sports, at Brody Talk, at Sports NS Media, at I-80 underscore Sports, at Shooter Sports ish that's at s-h-o-o-t-s-p-o-r-t-s-i-s-h at w-w-s-r-n underscore radio at sports city pod at fourth long radio at fourth and 26 pod at craft b sports at s dude heinz show that's s dude h-e-i-n-z show at round t-s sports pod at official p-p-p-o-d at Caesar and Wise Guy, that's C E S A R and Wise Guy. At TGWTS Podcast, that's the girl who talks sports. She has a great show. At Big Blue Avenue and at Final Take underscore, if that underscore belongs there. Those people are awesome. You can also look up the primetime capper at Pop D I A S E. Shout out to everyone who's been involved with promoting supporting podcasting out there uh anchor is a great way for you guys to share your podcast real quick so what anchor does is they you you can actually use their platform or what i do is i use a program called audacity i upload my stuff to anchor i add background music i publish it and then anchor does all the work what they do is they send it to spotify apple google Castbox, podbean a bunch of other places and they distribute my podcast for free. And so if you don't have a way to distribute your podcast, you're not happy with who is distributing your podcast, check out Anchor. And I would just like to thank everybody for tuning in today. Sorry it's been so long. Sorry it was a longer show. I hope y'all like the NBA. I hope you like Tim Tebow or don't like Tim Tebow, but like to hear me talk about it. And we didn't get to the NFL on this podcast, but the night's young. I might shoot an NFL podcast and talk about the schedule. But until next time, this has been the Dads in Timeout Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Williams, J. Will. Until next time, peace.